Welcome to the Worship Leader Probs Podcast with your hosts, Jeremy and Mr. Probs. Look, worship leading can be one of the most rewarding areas of church ministry. But it can also feel like... I'm a worship leader. And I'm a production guy. And these are our problems. Welcome to episode 54 of the Worship Leader Probs Podcast, where we aim to encourage, entertain, and equip worship and tech leaders all over the world. Sponsored by Messenger Media. What's up, Big Tasty? You know, I'm just doing what I do. <laughs> and what is it that you do? A little time in the basement. It's, uh, it's Sunday night. I watched, there was, there was football, there was napping. Oh. And now here I am hanging with the big Gingy. The big old Gingy. Dude. So Sundays are a very long day usually, um, in general. So like, I live an hour from the church. Uh, we have not made the move down to, uh, where the church is located yet. So on Sunday mornings, call time is 6.15 a.m. Uh, is oh. what time we get there. Wait, wait, so wait. I, I just imagine you said 6.15 a.m. I your did. Call time. I did. Call time 6.15 a.m. Uh, so like I get there early and we do like the little stuff. So, so the, some of the volunteers like fill up hazers, change batteries. Mm get the amps on, turn the consoles, you know what I mean? Like all the kind of little stuff. And then, so like my, my audio engineers, their call time is 20 till seven. So we do rehearsal at 7am. So, but what that means for me is, uh, and my wife is, is kind of settled into running lights on the weekends and it just, it's making sense because like, if not, then we have to have two cars an hour away. And she actually oh, doesn't mind getting, we got like a routine. So we leave the house at five fifteen am. Okay. On the way, we stop at racetrack and we make our coffees and then we just talk the whole way down, right? And then like once we get there, she fills up hazers, I unlock some door. Like we have this like system and routine, all that good mm -hmm. and awesome. Where it gets tough is when there's like something else in the afternoon so you can't come home. And so mm -hmm. today was beach baptism, which is awesome. But okay, so like y'all are going to laugh, but just like these are Florida problems. So it was 64 degrees today, Ooh. which is cold in Florida. So like I, everybody today, all the, all the ladies got the boots out, scarves. It, <laughs> if I could have gotten a picture, there was probably like right at about a hundred people that showed up for beach baptism. Y'all would think we were with Brian in Indiana. There were people <laughs> with like layers on for 64 degrees. Oh, so, man. so not only for us, we were freezing. Getting ready for this beach bathroom. But whenever there's a cold front in Florida, um, you typically get high surf. And so up until one o'clock today, there was a high surf advisory. Oh my word. <laughs> I participated today <laughs> in the sketchiest baptism I've ever been a part of. <laughs> there were easily eight to 10 foot waves out there. And it wasn't, it was, it was like, it was a very surfable day. So like there's times the ocean looks like a washing machine. Right. And mm -hmm. we probably couldn't have baptized in this, but this, there was like set waves, but dude, our children's pastor, somebody counted 15 times that he bit it. Oh, oh his no. knee folded on him. <laughs> oh, At one man. point, the senior pastor got wrecked by a wave and really was rolling up the beach. Oh, oh no. Oh, dude. <laughs> it was fantastic. But dude, over 20 people got baptized today. Um, That's fantastic. And so I was freaking out. Because uh, I was supposed to baptize somebody, and I'm like, I with my back, I don't know how yeah, I'm supposed yeah, to get yeah. in the water. But I'm like, I'm just, I'm just going to do this. So I had like some people from my my small group. They were all going to do this thing together, 
and we start to get Chelsea out there and I'm trying to find time and they got her on the other side and a wave came in and it almost took me out. And I just went, go ahead and baptize her. I already gave her the speech up on the, up on the beach. Zero percent chance I was going to head down there. So, oh man, that's fantastic. Yeah, dude. So, hey, do you want to take a second and tell all the listeners of the Worship Leader Problems podcast all about our title sponsor, Messenger Media? I sure would. Well, first of all, they're church folks. They're church people. And that that makes a huge difference. All the difference in the world. So, Jared, let me ask you a question. Yeah. What would you say is one of the biggest issues facing churches in the area of production? Biggest? So, I would say there's probably two things right now that I see yeah. coming. Um, some, a lot of churches have already addressed this, but, uh, as far as I understand it, by summer of 2020, uh, your wireless can no longer be in the 600 band range that was sold oh, to T-Mobile and some other wireless companies, I believe. And so like, here's the deal, you know, some of y'all might go, well, they're never going to catch me. They ain't worried about some little church over here. You know what I mean? But what might happen to you is that once people come in, Somebody could jump on your frequencies and there's nothing you're going to be able to do about it. Right. And so it would be technically, as I understand it, it would be technically illegal at that point. So, um, and you know, if you're using the microphones to share the gospel. Yeah. And they're in an illegal, you know, you know, frequency range. That's maybe you might want to greatest. check your heart at that point. But <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that wireless uh, yeah. is going to be an issue uh, coming up. And then I think the other thing, too, is is, is live streaming. It's becoming more and more affordable uh, for people to uh, live stream. I mean, I could – you give me an X32 and, uh, you know, I, if you got an X32 at front of house and you give me, you know, 2500 bucks, I can get you a good Canon prosumer camera. Like, I could get you live streaming for mm. fairly cheap. Like, it's become super affordable for people to live stream. And so I think those are probably the two biggest things that are really facing churches right now. Okay. So if you're in a church and you don't have a big gingy, you don't have a gingy, you know what you need? Ghostbusters. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and messenger media. You do. You need an integrator. You need an integrator. So what these are church guys, okay. They will come into your space They'll help you design. They're not just going to start throwing gear in places maybe where it doesn't belong. They're going to help you design. Uh, they're going to help you in the design phase. They're going to help you in the, the choosing gear phase. They're going to help you in the installation phase. They're going to help you in the training phase. Yes, right. Um, they will do secret shopper stuff where they'll come to your service and then kind of help you evaluate some things and tell you what they experienced, what they saw. Um, they, they do, they will coach you and help you through live stream. That's right. Stuff. So, well, all, well, here's what I'm saying. If you're going to pick an integrator, and you need to pick an integrator, you do you need to pick somebody who understands the unique needs of your church. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. Maybe some of you guys have never heard the word integrator before. Basically, there are companies out there that all they specialize in is putting all the technology in your church. And some companies will go the way from your audio to your video needs to your lighting needs. And even some will even jump on IT all at the same time. Because let's be honest with the, the state of where uh, tech gear is these days, you almost have to be an IT manager to even understand how to use half of it. Right. Mm -hmm. So here's the mm -hmm. deal. These companies come in and these integrators, like their whole role is this. Let them understand the technology and they'll teach you how to use it. Like you got enough going on, planning services, loving on people, um, exactly. trying to be a good pastor. Like 
you also don't need to know at the same time, like, okay, what's the top selling microphone right now? And how do I do this and do that? Like these guys take that out of your hands so you can just go and be the best church minister that you can possibly be. And so, uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan of working with integrators and I would highly suggest that if you don't have one, you find one. Yeah. And messenger, messengeravl.com is messenger media's website. Yeah. Check it out. Send them a little note. Tell them you heard about it on the podcast. Yeah. You know, uh, they can help and they, they understand they're church guys who understand yeah. church needs. So, well, and, okay. So I'm, I'm super passionate about working with integrators. Right. And so I don't want to keep harping on this and this is maybe not even at this point, it's not a paid thing for, um, for messenger, but here's the deal. You know, a lot of us, we get on and we're like, all right, I'm gonna get the best deal. So I bought something from full compass or I buy it from Sweetwater. That is great. And that is awesome. But two o'clock in the morning on a Saturday night, when your console's not working, Sweetwater's not going to pick up the phone, but I guarantee your integrator, well, if an integrator's worth their salt, that integrator will pick up the phone and will stay on the phone with you until they know for certain that you're ready and you're up and ready to roll for the next day. They will make sure that you're not hurting for certain. (laughs) (laughs) Not hurting for certain. (laughs) Yeah. So So that's all I got. That's all I got to say about that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. So, dude, what's going on in your world? Christmas is coming. Oh, yeah. That's really enough. That's more, more than enough. How far are we away at this point? Um, I'm gaining ground. You know, I'm getting there. Uh, we've we've got, you know, stage design stuff planned, I think, and all that. So, Did you get yeah, your giant just, Christmas tree? Uh, Working on that. We're going to actually have to get a couple of them. Oh wow. Yeah, so our sta- our our building was built in the 70s. So uh our yes, it stage it yep, our stage had a permanent choir loft that has was removed years and years ago. And but the there are the back wall of our stage is stones, individual stones and there are these doors yeah. from where the choir used to enter, okay? Yeah. And we have to cover them with something. <laughs> yeah. You know. So we're going to get big trees. Because it'd be much easier to cover them than to bring back a choir. Yeah. There are some people in my church that would very much love to see that happen. Yeah. They may or may not have lamented about it on Facebook today. So <laughs> loving that. It's a great day to be alive. <laughs> it is. It is. Encourage one another and build each other up. Well, dude, speaking of encouraging each other and building each other up, why don't we get into our, our, our first segment of the podcast that we like to call our prayer concerns. You guys, the worship leader props nation, you, you're literally the base. Uh, week in, week out, you supply us with amazing content for our prayer concerns. And I love like today I had one of our uh, singers came up. She was like, Oh, I got a great prayer concern for your podcast. And so she was going to write it down and, and send it in like, um, and so you guys have been awesome in doing that. And so here, here's the whole idea. Um, every single one of us in our churches have a connection card. We have a welcome card. And usually on the back of that card, you have a place that says, how can we pray for you? Unfortunately, people misinterpret that and think that's where they could put all their complaints about everything we're doing wrong in the church. And so we like to read those here on the podcast because here's the deal. Many times in ministry, it can feel super alone. And so when we, we read these things, you realize you're not the only one that has a Karen in your service and that's coming in and complaining all the time. And so, um, yeah, so that's why we do that here on the Worship Leader Pros podcast. So, Brian, what do we got? Let's jump right in. Prayer concern number one. 
We had a meeting today with our whole staff across all of our campuses, and I was asked to lead worship. When the meeting was over, I had an older staff member approach me and say, You did all right, rookie. You'll get there one day. <laughs> it's like getting called, great job, champ. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Way to go, sport. <laughs> okay, number two. This is just kind of an observation, okay? You got to love when a 60 plus year old ladies, <laughs> you, you got to love it when 60 plus year old ladies start wildly gesturing their desired tempo for the song on the second row. Oh, <laughs> have you ever Sounds had like that happen? History. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I have. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. I've had that. They, I've had people like gesturing to speed things up or whatever. I had a lady literally poke me in the chest. To talk to be a, we had done the, the, we had done the hymn, holy, holy, holy. Yeah. And I didn't do it at the right speed. And she was poking me in the chest to tell me. Now, I will say to her credit, I got a very kind apology, handwritten card from her. That is the, that is a one and only time that has ever happened to me uh, in ministry. So yeah, she wow. apologized. Yeah. Pretty kind. So yeah. Okay, number three, you owe the church $100 because I'm not tithing this week because you didn't play the songs I wanted. Oh my goodness. <sighs> like people huh? like that, like make me want to like, yeah, pray for that, uh, that same anointing that Paul got on the Damascus road. <laughs> <laughs> you owe a hundy. <laughs> Okay, can I you just get a make C a, note? You need to put in a C note for not singing that C a, note. It's not. That's not. That's not that much. You know what I mean? Like, is I don't know if we're maybe dealing with someone who's a younger person who works at. I don't know. That's not a lot of money. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Because okay. hey, Burger King girl, you can't have it your <laughs> way. Exactly. Okay. Here's the last one. Number four. Okay. I had a lady come up to me after service and asked if she could pray for my ears. Confused, I replied, yes. After she prayed the most sincere prayer, she pointed to my ear monitors and said, God's going to heal you and you won't need hearing aids anymore. Oh. <laughs> How do you explain Dying that it. after? I'm dying. How do you explain that? <laughs> I mean, and you can totally see it happen. Probably an innocent little old lady. She has no idea what ear monitors are. Oh my she just gosh. sees you with those. You know, <laughs> that's going to heal you. Oh, my goodness. Awesome. What? Hey, guys, thank you so much for sending in your prayer concerns to the Worship Leader Profs podcast. All you have to do, if you'd like us to read your prayer concern here on the podcast, is go to www.worshipleaderprobs.com. Click on the prayer concern tab, uh, and, and you'll get a little form that you can fill out, and it's super easy and quick, and we won't ask for your name, for your treasure's name. It will be completely anonymous. Well, BT, are you ready to jump into uh, our, our next segment? It it's another um, golden opportunity for you to learn a little bit more about Ableton and to hear more from Will Doggett. And so uh, we thought, what better way than to jump into the end of this than just going straight to Will? So we really hope you enjoy this content and uh, DM us if there's anything that you found interesting. We would love to talk with you. So here we go. Here is part two with Will Doggett. Okay, so question question number three is, um, okay, 
in all of your like travels, you're playing, you're doing all the things that you're doing. Do you have any memorable stories? Like you will not believe when this happened to me in a church service or. Oh man. Any, any, any funny stuff that you remember? Funny stuff I remember. Um, yeah. So I've got two. Uh, and I tell them often when I'm teaching because they both happened when I was teaching a class, teaching an Ableton class. So the first one, uh, let's start with the, yeah, let's start with the first. The first one was the very first, um, uh, Ableton, like for worship event I ever did. It was in Florida. Um, uh, my buddy John, uh, hosted it at his church and, um, it was, we had like 30 people there. We only promoted it for like 20 days before that. Like it was just perfect event. It was, and John, you know, talking about hospitality, John's the kind of guy that probably would have given you like four options for your bacon, like so good. So I, I'm wow. doing the event, wow. uh, no bacon, unfortunately, but I'm teaching. And, um, I think this was, this was like before lunch. Um, and I'm teaching and I just noticed these two guys out of the corner of my eye that just would not stop laughing, you know? And I'm like, these freaking jerks, like what is wrong with these people? And so, you know, you do the thing where you like check your fly, you're like checking for boogers. And it's like, did, did I like <laughs> mark on my face or like my pen burst and I have black ink all over my face? Like what's happening right now? And I couldn't figure it out. And so I'm like trying to, to zone, like tune these guys out. And my personality is like, I, actually one of the guys I work with that kind of oversees me in the church, he often like jokes that like, I don't care what people think. And that's kind of become part of the the thing, which is, which is like 90% true. I just care what some people think, but not most people. And, um, and so I'm like something, I'm like, something's going on here. I don't know what's going on. And so we break for lunch and the guys come up and they're, and I'm like, all right, here we go. I'm gonna let these jerks have it. And they're like, Hey man, we're so sorry we laughed during the thing. Like, we're not laughing at you. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, when we come back, you, you got to look at the guy next to us. And so, um, it was a kind of event where everyone's got their computer. I encourage people to bring their MIDI controllers. And this guy had his computer and he had his MIDI controller. Like, I don't know if you've seen those laptop stands that kind of elevate your laptop. He had, yeah. I think he uh-huh. had two of those, like one for his laptop, but one for his MIDI controller. And so they're like, you got to watch the guy. And, uh, and they're like, he, he's keeps dozing off and he's got his MIDI controller set up. And as he dozes off, he, his nose hits the keyboard and you like literally hear like, (laughs) and so sure enough, we get back to lunch, which is always the best time to teach a class. Like that's like, yeah, this is going to be successful. Thanks for putting me in this time slot. And, uh, and so I'm teaching and I look over and sure enough, the dude just dozes off and you just hear a sing, like his nose was just the perfect size that you get a single note. Uh, and it's like, huh, huh. and, uh, so that was pretty fun. And I think that was the moment that every worship leader decided they had to have a drone pad, you know, in between every song for transition. Yeah. But it was invented because that guy fell asleep. Wait, can we have a segment where I just complain about drone pads maybe towards the end? That'd be fun. <laughs> Um, yeah, dude. Always. So that one was, was good, but the, I'll save the best for last. So, uh, this was the last, I think the last event I did in Florida is at a church in Miami. Um, I mean, that's the start of every terrible story is it was in Miami, but, uh, at a church in Miami, <laughs> he's not yes, lying. <laughs> the worst place on the face of it. If you're from Miami, move. It's terrible. Um, and so, <laughs> uh, um, we're, we're doing the event like 
it, I felt like things are going great. Um, and there were some tech issues, which, you know, there's always tech issues. And so work through those, but like the material's great. I, you know, I feel like everything I'm teaching is really good. I'd done this for a while at that point. So I felt really confident on the stuff. Then we go to take a break and, you know, um, you, you're in Miami. So you've had Cuban coffee. You've had, you know, whatever people eat oh, yeah. there and you got to go to the bathroom. And so it had been a couple hours and I had to do the business that one typically would do after consuming ex- excesses of coffee and things that are diuretics and things of the sort. So I go to the restroom and sit, you know, in the stall and I'm, I'm doing my business and these, uh, these guys walk in. I guess it was like two guys. Maybe they're already in there. I, I don't remember exactly, but uh, I'm just sitting there doing my business. And all of a sudden, I hear one guy go, "So, what? Do you, what do you think about this?" The guy's like, "Yeah, you know, it's it's pretty good, uh, but man, the guy should just talk with his hands a lot." And and it was like so loud and obvious that I'm like, it's like clearly one of those jokey things. Like, you know, I'll sit next to my buddy and I'm like, "Yeah, but Ryan's a jerk or whatever." And you say it loud enough so they hear it. I thought it was that. And so he's like, yeah, he's like, he does talk with his hands a lot, but yeah, that's true. All right, John, let's get out of here. John. (gasps) And then they like leave and they realize in that moment it was me in the stall and it wasn't (laughs) their buddy, John. And so the best part is uh, I knew who the two guys were that said that. And so the rest of me teaching, rest of the time of me teaching, I just gave them like death eyes. Like I just stared them down and like, it was to the point where the guy was like so ashamed that he couldn't make eye contact and he just kept like looking down. And um, so that was, that was a lot of fun. That was really, really enjoyable. That's incredible. Yes. That's um, awesome. And I'm sure there's others like, you know, I like, I like being put on the spot. Um, but if I thought more about it, I'd probably find something that involved like danger or something, but you know, that's, that's what <laughs> Love it is. It. So. Okay. Well then let's go to okay. question four. If there's potential okay. danger. So, Let's say your wife gets a phone call and it's the police department. And the only thing they tell her is your husband, Will's been Mm -hmm. arrested. And then they hang up the phone. What's the first thing she's going to think that you got arrested for? Who did he insult? Uh, (laughs) Let's see. It would, it would have to do, it would have something to do with me speaking my mind in a manner and or place towards a person that you like, you're just not allowed to do. Uh, like me flying yeah. off the handle and like losing it on like li- uh, not liberals. I meant to say millennials. I guess that was a Freudian slip. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hello, uh, like me losing or liberal, liberal millennials. millennials. Even worse than than millennials. Uh, yeah, it would probably be something like yeah. Will finally like he got arrested for swearing at church or something. You know, like I don't know. Like she, I'll often like say stuff and. Uh, and we'll like do like Instagram story stuff or whatever, just kind of being jokey. And she's kind of like become my filter to where she's like, yeah, that's too far. You can't say that. Like you, you, you oh. can't make fun of those people. So I, she often stops me, yeah. which is good. She's good for that. When, mm. when I, when I first got married, um, my wife, she, she made up a rule. I had to say things six times in <laughs> my head before if I thought it was funny. She wanted me to say it six times. And if I got to six and it was still funny and appropriate, I was allowed to say it. So that's good. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. I don't. Jeremy has a handler. I like that's good. Yes. Oh, oh 100%. I have a handler. <laughs> He's got people that you, you should have people. That's, that's always right. important to have people. Yeah. I, I don't know that most of what I say or think would pass that test. 
So that, but that's a, that's a good <laughs> test. That's a good test for sure. Especially when, that is a good when test. what you're saying is being recorded on a podcast and you've offended liberal millennials <laughs> and your friend Travis. <laughs> So, <laughs> and anyone who's in a collective, yes, or happens, and all, all the collectives in Miami, uh, they're just they're so yeah. done with me right now. Yes, that's right. Oh my gosh. Okay, question number five. We're gonna get a little more serious. So, if we gathered all the worship volunteers and worship leaders and production people and band members and singers, we got them all in a big arena. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, we we introduce you and we we let you speak to them, what would you say to them? Uh, I mean, I might start with like one of those um, like stories that you get in the middle of the Christian com- uh, conference or concert about like hungry kids and try to encourage them to subscribe to from studio to stage to like help feed okay. my hungry kids and just say, if only 20% <laughs> of you paid twenty nine ninety nine, I would be able to retire. Um, you know, I, I've just been thinking like two kind of thoughts are, are are typically swirling around in my head. Like one is kind of typically always there when it comes to church stuff. The other, uh, just more recently, has just really been top of mind for me, probably because of personal experiences. But one, I think, like stop trying to be people that you're not. Um, mm-hmm. I think tied into that is like just ask why. Like um, why? And I'm going to use some examples that sound like I'm saying them in a negative way, but I'm not. But like, why do we, why do we have a sermon bumper video? Why do we, um, why do we, uh, I'm trying to think of other, why do we have uh, moving lights instead of no moving lights? Why do we not have a choir anymore? Um, you know, why are we doing environmental projection? You know, um, I, I see, I used to make this joke. I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina originally. And I used to joke that there's three types of churches in Charlotte. There's Elevation Church. There's churches that try to be Elevation Church, and then there's the churches that tried to be Elevation Church and realized they aren't, and so they just do their own thing. And um, and that's not like a knock on people because, man, ministry is like so difficult, and it's like so like mm-hmm. you bear your soul every week, whether you're teaching or leading worship or whatever. And so I think I think because of that, we're probably more inclined to do things that we feel like are proven to work. Right. And and yeah. so you see YouTube videos of an incredible pastor speaking or an incredible worship leader where you go to a conference. And I love, I love like worship conferences, but I think one of the downsides to those is it's kind of like worship conferences are like the Instagram of, of, of events in the sense of like, we put our best face forward. Yeah. Right. You know, it's like, you never go to a worship conference where they're like, Hey, we're now going to have this ugly fat chick come sing to you that can't sing. And, and talk to you about like, it could be a fat dude. It doesn't have to be a fat chick or it could be like a, like, like sickly skinny person. I'm not trying to make fun of fat people as a fellow fat person, hence the in and out. But like, uh, like if we put our best foot forward, right at a conference and you walk away and you're like, we got to have that. We got to have those lights. We got to do this thing. Mm-hmm. And I'll joke that like, I can tell what conferences churches have been to when I like sit through a service, you know, and I'm like, I'm yeah. like, okay, your pastor's not Brian Houston. Tell him to sit down and just do the announcements. Like, just do them in a minute and get over with it or whatever. But um, I think that's such a big thing where I just feel like churches just struggle so much with, like, speak to people in the language that they speak and, like, serve your community in the way they need to be served. And sometimes that means big production. And sometimes that means, like, you know, an acoustic guitar 
Um, sometimes that means preaching the Bible verse by verse. And sometimes that means like sermon series. Right. And Mm -hmm. yeah, but I think the mistake we so often make is like, we have to do things a certain way because this church we look up to does it this way. Um, and again, that can go on either side of the spectrum. Like I'm trying to talk to, hopefully talking to both people here, like you're high production, you're no production. And, and, and I tend to be one of those people that always is like middle ground. Like I, you know, I'm never super crispy bacon or like undercooked, but I'm in the middle, like I'm middle bacon and as, as opposed to Kevin bacon. And so it's like, it's one of those things where, uh, it's like, just, just be you. And that's like, that's such a liberal millennial thing to say, but like, um, uh, like <laughs> what I'm trying to say, uh, is like, is serve your people the way you feel God is calling you to serve them. Like if it's biblically sound, like, it, you know, like, sir, if, if you have an acoustic guitar or you like, there's a church in our neighborhood that, um, like they don't, I forgot, is it church of Christ? Whatever the one that like, they don't have instruments. They don't believe in instruments mm-hmm. and worship. Yeah. And there's something oddly appealing to me about that. Like I'm, I'm like, I could go to that church. Like I'd be completely fine with that. Um, but it's like, serve your community the way they need to be served. Um, stop trying to be someone you're not like, and just be confident and mm. be confident in the way God has gifted you as a worship leader. Like don't try to be, I'm so old. The only worship leaders that come to mind are David Crowder and Chris Tomlin. But, uh, you know, like don't try to be X, like just you guys overdub, you know, new, new worship leader in there. Like <laughs> Brian yes, Tabor. Don't try to be <laughs> Brian Tabor. Um, please, please like, don't, <laughs> you know, uh, um, like just lead worship the way you lead worship. If it's highly produced, great. If it's, and this is, I mean, it's interesting. I'm in this, I'm in this line of work or industry or whatever you call it that typically, you know, a lot of times people use tracks because they're trying to do songs that they don't have the instrumentation to do or that you kind of need tracks to do. Like, man, if tracks isn't your thing, like don't stand on stage, floor on the floor, young and free kind of thing. If like, that's not the people you're trying to reach, right? Like, correct. why don't you stand on stage and do like, you know, do gospel songs or stand on stage and do uh like indie folk kind of thing you know deal it's like like you you do you right in the biblical sense mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um mm. i think the other thing that is just so important is uh and again this just this i mean this is this is the perfect podcast to talk about this because you guys embody this so much but is the relationship between worship leader and tech person and mm. i think yep. maybe it's because i've kind of i've lived in both worlds but I've seen both sides of that. Like, and I joke all the time. I don't know if you've noticed that or not, but like I joke all the time and I'm like sarcastic <laughs> and dry humor and stuff. And so I'll make, make fun of worship leaders. I'll make fun of tech people. And I think that's good. Like I personally, I'm one of those people where it's like, I only make fun of people that I enjoy. Like I made fun of Jeremy at the conference because I called you a traitor because you went to another church and that church hasn't subscribed, but I'm not bitter or anything. Uh, it's, we're all good, but, uh, but the, the problem is this church can teach all your classes. We didn't need it. Hey, I'm hanging up, man. This podcast is over. Um, but, but like, um, it, it's one of those deals where like, I, I enjoy joking. I, I make fun of myself and others often. And I think that's healthy. Like, I think we should probably do that more instead of being so serious all the time. But, um, I think sometimes the joking, like I'll hear people make jokes or just talk. I was at a conference and this was like, um, 
the worst conference I've ever been to. Uh, it was like a trade, it was more trade show than conference, but they had this kind of breakout class and all it was, was basically like crotchety old, like tech guys complain about worship leaders kind of thing, or like complain about artists and bands. And what was funny is there's a guy who's a musician and has been a worship leader, like the stuff they're complaining about. I'm kind of like, well, yeah, some of that's dumb, but then like some of that is like, is valid. And if you approach it from the standpoint of like, my job is for you to like, just stick to the plan and keep your mouth shut. And so I can like set up a mic and then leave church by like 12. So I can get to the, you know, the, the sizzler, you know, buffet down the road in time. Um, like then, yes, I understand you have certain parameters, but it's like, if we both went in with a perspective of how can I serve the other person and how can I serve mm-hmm. them better? Mm-hmm. And I've been saying this throughout this, the, the year, but I'm trying to like call worship leaders to like worship leaders and tech guys um, or tech people. Sorry. I have to be politically correct here when I say that Um, if worship leaders could prioritize communication and tech leaders could prioritize uh, flexibility and we'd like meet somewhere in the middle that I think that's a really healthy space because there's something about tech people that like, if you repeat a chorus or there's an extra singer, they like lose their mind. And it's like, all you got to do is plug an extra mic in, like, and you're not even going to turn the mic up anyway. Like, like it's, what's the problem, you know? And I joke with our, my uh, campus pastor uh, at my church that like everyone, everyone like complains about how loud it is, which like you said, Jeremy, you're used to that. You've been doing it for a while. So you're used to all the things. Actually, I had a moment. If I pause the series for a moment, great story. I was running sound, which for this, uh, and I wouldn't even call it running sound, but we had a class like two weeks ago and there was a single person talking. Uh, there's a little bit of music beforehand, like played from Spotify and one person teaching and talking. And I look over and no lie, dude has earplugs in. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't even know what to say right now. Like, it, like Come on. the podcast you listen to on the way in is probably louder than what you're hearing now. I digress. <laughs> Uh, so he, see, here I am now I'm becoming the, 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 the token tech guy that complains, but, um, like I, I joke with my campus pastor that he, he'll text me and be like, Hey, can you turn it down? And I tell him all the time, I'm like, I don't get paid by decibel. If you want me to turn it down, I'll turn it down as low as you want it to. And that's partially like, that's not a passive aggressive thing. Like it, I've, it could be, I think for some people that could be a passive aggressive way to say like, I don't care. But for me, it really is like, like my identity is not tied up in like how loud the sound is. So I'm just going to turn it down. Like who cares? Um, Jeremy might care. That's why he's silent right now, I think, but no, no, but not you, at you all. Know, it's, <laughs> I'm having that conversation. I'm having that conversation right now with my worship good. pastor. We are, we, we are diving in hard into our live mm. stream. Like we, we do a good job for a church of 1500 people. If I sent you a link of our live stream, you'd be like, you think we were six times awesome. the size, like, but we're taking it very seriously. And so he was just like, Hey, let's talk about this live stream audio mix. And like, and I go, buddy, God brought you here to set the philosophy. If you don't like the way, like the way it's being made, let's, let's sit and talk. And he kind of looked at me like, yeah, okay. yeah. And I'm like, dude, I, I couldn't care less. Like I'm not here for my, pre- like for my preference. I'm here to make sure that God brought you here to set what the vision supposed to look like for mm-hmm. the live stream. My job is to carry that That's out. Really good. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, if you can live in that space and then we're going to sit down together and spend a couple hours, run playback mm-hmm. through and just dive into waves and like, okay, let's just, and then we're going to go, that sounds, you're happy. Let's go. That's what, then I'm happy. Like, you know That's what I mean? Really like, good. 
if you let your pride, if you get the pride get in the way yep. of like, Whoa, wait a second, I'm the expert. That's why they brought me like, oh, good Lord, get over oh, yourself. God. Like we're all trying to do something the same here. You know what I mean? Like I guarantee I can make it sound really good. But if I sit down with Andy, we do it together. I guarantee it's going to sound fantastic. Yeah. When done. That's a, I mean, that's a, and mm. it's the irony is like the guys that are experts, the guys that are killing it are the ones that are most willing to take feedback. Right. And, and the people I think that are so like, you know, don't, don't tell me how to mix are the people that are, I think doing that out of insecurity, you know, and out of this ultimate mm. fear they have of like, we all struggle with the, like the imposter syndrome of like one, like I joke all the time that one day people are going to wake up and be like, this guy knows nothing about Ableton. Why are we listening to this guy? And like, we all have some element <laughs> yeah. of that in us, you know, but um, it's like, yeah, like just approach it. You know, something we started um, on the site, like we kind of landed on this catchphrase that uh, I think has worked really well. Like we're trying to find, I was trying to find a way to understand why some people on the site like succeeded and some people canceled pretty quick. Um, and, and so I, what I did is I looked at people that I knew personally and, um, and, and, and I was like, okay, if I compare these two people, why did this person stick around and this person left? And we landed on this phrase, humbly confident, humbly curious. And it was this idea of Ooh. like, be confident in the way you're doing things, but always be wondering, is there a, is there a better way to do this? Right. And, yeah. and I, I just taught at this church in Houston this, this week for two days and, incredible incredible group of people and there were you know three guys there that are using ableton um and they're they're pretty advanced and a couple of them were doing things that like um i would consider advanced concepts but what was amazing is all three of them sat and they listened to me intently and they learned stuff from me that i was doing and they'd have moments of like the light bulb going off and then one of the guys in particular he a couple times uh, not like challenge me because that sounds like a tough word, but he would ask for clarification. Like, why do you do this versus do that? And, but, and he just had this understanding of like all of them. It's like, I'm, I'm fairly advanced in this, but I know there's room to grow and I know there's room for me to do things mm -hmm. better. And I, I'm trying to take the same approach as I'm teaching them, you know? It's interesting. There's a guy, uh, his name is Pat Baltzell and uh, Pat mixes like um, the Super mm -hmm. Bowl, the Oscars, the Grammys, and uh, he was on the MXU podcast and he was talking about, okay, so I think we could all argue that what he's doing is the highest level of what you can do oh, in yeah. that industry, yeah. right? You're, you're mixing front of house for the Grammys. Like, I don't know. You're mixing the Super Bowl. I don't know that you get much yeah. higher than that, right? And he, so he's the expert of the experts of the experts. He said most of the time when he's mixing, let's say he's mixing Jay-Z. Hmm. Jay-Z's producer is standing over his shoulder going, hey, bring the vocal down bring the bass up a little like Pat. That is not Pat's mix. That is the producer in his ear. And you know, Pat is like, could go, no, that's, yeah. that's terrible. But he's like, here's the deal. Hip hop guys. They want the, the vocals down the mix. They want the kick up. They want this. Do I think it sounds good? No, but that's not that's my good. job. Mm. My job is to mm. have the, pr the producer in my ear telling me how mm. he wants it mixed. That's really good. Think yeah. about that. And I, I think, you know, I, I think, yeah, it's just that all of us worship leader, and we're not even talking about like the relationship of a pastor in this, but I think it relates as well too. But just that desire of like, can we all serve each other well? And it goes to like really just getting to know the people you work with. Um, and sometimes that's tough if you tend to like, I tend to want to be more of like a private, like reserved guy, uh, you know, just kind of keep people at arm's length kind of deal. Um, but like, I'll get, I'll get 
like brutally honest and, you know, talk about my faults and struggles and that sort of thing. So it's not like a completely emotionally detached thing, but like, it's a struggle for me to get to know people around me. Um, and, but I, I've, this interesting thing happens. The more you get to know someone, the more you understand them and the more you understand them, the more, uh, empathy you have for them, which that is like 100% the, like the N word right now, but it's so true because the more empathy you, you have for them, the more, I always like to think we, we like paint pictures in our minds of people and then we start to interpret everything they say, everything they do through that picture. And oftentimes it's incorrect. Almost every time it's incorrect. And it's like, man, if we can just clear the cache and if we can like get that picture accurate, then making sure that when someone says something that we're like hearing what they're actually saying, I, I think so many more churches would be help, more healthy and growing and people would have more longevity in ministry if that trust and that just like desire to serve was there between, again, I'm specifically just talking worship leader and tech guy. Like that would, things would change dramatically if we had that. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. Can I ask you one quick question? Other than obviously subscribing to from studio to stage, Mm -hmm. If somebody is out there and they're looking to get started in Ableton, what should they do first? Uh, first thing is download the demo. So go to Ableton.com and there's a free 30-day demo. Before you buy it, like people get hung up on what version should I get? You know, I'm not even going to give you a suggestion in this like one thing to do. All I want you to do is just go download the demo um, and start messing with it, right? There's, there's free uh, lessons in the program that you can do. Uh, if you go to the help menu and go down to view, uh, I think it's called view lessons, built-in lessons. Um, that's a great way to start. Uh, and I think part of it is just like figure out if it's for you or not. Like Pro Tools is not for me. Um, but Ableton is like, uh, it's not for anyone that values stability and, 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 you know, well thought out programs, but that's a, another podcast for another day. Uh, <laughs> Dude, you're a man after my own heart. Yes. Don't get go. me started on main stage. Cause I'll go off on main stage as well too. But like, <laughs> a, a, like Ableton is like my, like just the way it thinks is the way I think, you know, and for some people it's not like some people, it's a huge struggle because they need the precision of like, when I go to create an audio track, please ask me like 17 questions before you actually create the track. Like they want that precision and that exactness. And Ableton is like command T to create an audio track. Like, let's go, let's record right now. Um, and so, yeah, I would say very first thing is just down, go to ableton.com and download it, try it out, see if you like it. Um, and if I can sneak 1.5 in is then start the deep dive into like seeing how other people are using it. Um, and just get an idea of if you feel like this is something you can use and do, um, but download the well, demo. I would, I would, I would, I would disagree with 1.5 okay. personally. I would, I would say one is download Ableton. 1.5 is subscribed to from studio stage. Well, yeah, I mean I'm, that, I mean, that's for yeah. me personally. That's well, me here's, personally. Here's a, if I can try to be as unbiased as I can, as the guy that like started the no, company and teaches be them. all biased part, part of the reason, um, part of the reason I started from studio to stage is I think where I see so many people struggle is to like one of two things happen. They, uh, they like idolize and we're talking specifically to worship leaders and, and tech guys here and church folk. They idolize a specific worship band 
or an artist in this band. And so they go see how this person's doing Ableton. And they're like, I want to do it exactly the way this guy's doing it. So they go and they start doing it, but they forget that like context is so important. And so in the context of a band that does, you know, 20 songs tops and they go on the road and play for, you know, three weeks and then they're off, this context might make a lot of sense. And in a band that has a big enough budget to do this or that, this context makes sense. But you bring it into the context of someone who has five volunteers that does over the span of a year, 80 to a hundred songs, this context probably doesn't make sense. And so, um, I see that happen. And then, um, I just see people that are, and, and I want to be careful here because it's easy for me as a guy who knows the program well to try to say that like the, the right way is to like spend time learning the program. Cause if I think about like motion backgrounds and stuff, like I'm not going to go learn you know, premiere or whatever to make video backgrounds. I'm going to subscribe to something and buy it. Right. Um, but right. so like, but there's a, probably a video podcast somewhere with a bunch of nerds, like geeking out on how to make video backgrounds. I would never want to listen to it, but it's probably, probably there. And it's probably recorded in Miami by a bunch of liberal millennials, but eating, eating soggy cereal. But, um, uh, like, uh, f- for me starting from studio stage, it's like, okay, I want to, I want to teach things from a perspective that I think in years and years of doing this that I've seen to be successful across a wide range of, of groups of people, whether it's in the church, whether it's outside of the church. Um, and then also teach training that is like specific to live bands because so much Ableton focused training is from like a DJ perspective or a producer perspective or electronic music perspective. And I see people try to integrate those concepts into like working with a band. And it typically means they end up doing things in a way that's inefficient, that's unstable, and that's not flexible. And so for me, like, that's kind of my, that's, that's what I'm trying to preach is like, let me show you how to use Ableton in a way that's efficient. Like, get your Saturday back. Stop spending hours and hours and hours building your Ableton set. Um, use Ableton in a way that's stable. Like, um, you know, stop doing things that stress your computer and, and like unnecessary, you know, going five steps when you only need to take one step to do it. And then use it in a way that's flexible. And we kind of talked about that in the beginning, but like you should, you, I, I try to preach play with loops, not play two loops, right? Play with tracks, not play two tracks. Um, and it's just that idea of like, you know, and we can debate whether theologically, you know, we, sh- we should or should not repeat a chorus spontaneously. But the, the thing is, like, if you want to be able to do that, it doesn't mean you have to hit stop on the tracks. And it doesn't mean that, your spontaneity only happens at the end of the song, like when it's just click. It can happen during the song. It can happen. You can edit an arrangement. Uh, the church was that just this week in Houston. We spent a long time just talking about taking a song that they downloaded from multi-tracks and customizing the arrangement to work for you, changing key, changing tempo, uh, restructuring the song, mm-hmm. like changing the intro based on whatever the previous song was. Like it's not just an open and press yep. play thing, right? And I think the people mm-hmm. that are successful with this and the people that thrive in this don't see Ableton as a way or don't see tracks within Ableton as a way just to supplement their band or as a way to fill in for missing musicians, but they see it as a tool for leading worship. And that's like, that's what I'm yep. about. Like I, I want to take a, a overview of my service and I want to think about transitions. I want to think about these songs. Do they fit together? Um, and to me, Ableton is a tool for leading worship. And so, um, 
while all the training I do isn't like specifically, like there are some specific courses and specific lessons where I speak to, to like worship leaders. Like, uh, and that's kind of my goal. I want a, a course where I just talk about using tracks where every single thing within that applies, whether you're in church or out of church. But then right alongside of that, I want to have like, here's a lesson on how to do this with content from multitracks.com. Um, because I didn't want to, I don't think there's anything wrong with this, but I didn't want to siphon the company off to like, here's the worship side and here's the like mainstream side. Like I want, and we have a Facebook group, which is one of my favorite parts of the subscription. And I want in the Facebook group, people that are not believers living right alongside of people that are believers and people mm-hmm. asking about their worship service and people asking about, you know, their band that's traveling clubs around the country. Um, and people answering, you know, both of them answering the same questions, you know, which, which is awesome. So, um, yeah, like that's, that's kind of the heart for me with from studio stages. It's like, let's learn how to use Ableton as a tool for leading worship and stop spending so much time and stop being stuck. Like it doesn't have to be that way. Like that's it. Sometimes it's to a point where I talk to people and I'm like, I'll give you a free subscription if you'll just please watch it. Like, I, I just want to help you. Like, like you're, you're spending so much time doing this and you just, you don't have to. Okay, fine. I'll take a free Except subscription. Except unless your name Gosh, is Jeremy. I guess I will too. Or Brian. <laughs> Dang no, I'll, give, I'll, give, I'll give Brian Dang a free it. subscription. That's it. <laughs> woo woo. <laughs> well, dude, thank you so much for coming yeah, on. Thank uh, you. This has been the last Yeah, this fun. is a blast. Thank you guys for what you're doing. And again, I mean, if there's a podcast to, to, <clears throat> to talk about the worship leader tech guy relationship, like th- there's no better podcast to, to try to help solve that and talk about that. So thank you guys for what you're doing. And, um, and for the sarcasm Absolutely. and the, and the, uh, the, the help that you're bringing to worship leaders and tech guys everywhere. Oh, thanks brother. Thank you. Dude, here's the deal. If I lived closer to Will, I would want to hang out with him all the time. I would too. He's so funny. Yeah. And look, fan, there's no way in a, in a, in two episodes of a podcast, we can totally teach you Ableton. No. But from studio to stage can. Yes, it can. So you should check them out. And we talked to Will about doing an Instagram live uh, with uh, Big Gingy sometime where uh, you guys can even submit some questions and Ooh. Will can talk about them live on Instagram. So watch out for that. It's going to be awesome. Well, hey, guys, thank you so much for listening to episode 54 of the Worship Leader Props podcast. Don't forget, like and subscribe this podcast wherever you're listening to it. Follow us on Instagram at worshipleaderprobs.com. And as always, we love you guys and we're thankful for you, the Worship Leader Probs Nation. And until next time, see ya. Deuces. Deuces.